Welcome to That's What She Said, a podcast of sermons at Galileo Christian Church, Disciples of Christ. Galileo exists to seek and shelter spiritual refugees, who for us are people for whom the church has become boring, irrelevant, exclusive, or even painful, especially people who have been pushed out because of their gender or sexuality. If you yourself are a spiritual refugee, we're especially glad you're listening. Hello, Galileo. My name is Irma Sinclair, and I'm excited to be with you all. I'm going to be reading our scripture that we're going to be coming from today. So if you'll go with me to Ezekiel 34, 11 through 15, and it reads, For thus says the Lord God, I myself will search for my sheep, and I will sort them out. As shepherds sort out their flocks when they are among scattered sheep, so I will sort out my sheep. I will rescue them from all the places to which they have been scattered on the day of clouds and thick darkness. I will bring them out from the peoples and gather them from the countries and bring them into their own land, and I will feed them on the mountains of Israel by the water courses and in all the inhabited parts of the land. I will feed them with good pasture, and the mountain heights of Israel shall be their pasture. There they shall lie down in good grazing land, and they shall feed on rich pasture on the mountains of Israel. I myself will be the shepherd of my sheep, and I will make them lie down, says the Lord God. This is the word of the Lord, and we thank God for this word. Amen. All right, praise the Lord, Galileo. Uh, I am so excited to be with you all on this afternoon. Um, Again, my name is Irma Sinclair, um, and I must admit I'm in a few different places on today. Um, I am obviously here with you all, uh, a black woman minister from California who happens to be a vegan preaching in a mostly white church in Texas on Juneteenth that happens to be in a barn. (laughs) But I am excited to be here nonetheless. Uh, And I'm I'm also in this this place, even as I'm here physically, I'm also in this place uh, mentally uh, and emotionally, spiritually, in this tradition of black preachers who have preached on this day of the promises made manifest in the reading of general number uh, order uh, number three, where there was the promise to absolute rights um, and access to property read to those who had been captive and forced to labor in this empire, right, on this stolen land. I stand in the legacy of black preachers that upon hearing those promises, saw God's promises, and who preach this day to the reality of God making manifest God's promise to my people. That's the place where I stand. I stand in that legacy and that tradition. That's the place that gives me life. That is the place from which God shows up, God's light shows up for me and continues to speak to me. That is where God's word becomes manifest. And so my question to you, Galileo, before we begin, is where are those life-giving places for you? Because in those places are going to be the places where you are going to find God's light. That's going to be where God's word is going to become manifest for you. 
And so my invitation, just for a short moment, I know I didn't tell folks about this, but just for a short morning, we're going to take a, a short break so that first can discern where those life-giving spaces are for you. Amen? And for some of us, conventional spaces or unconventional spaces of church, anything to do with church, it is life-giving. And for some of us, it is not. For some of us, places where we hear formal preaching and teaching, they are traumatizing, triggering spaces. And so I ask where those spaces of life are for you. And my invitation is for you to go to those spaces. And we take a few moments. And if that space is here, we'll come back and we'll do some preaching and teaching. But if it's not, again, go to those spaces where you can find God's light and you can see God's presence manifest for you. Amen? Amen. All right. Amen. Amen. So even as we go through our time of preaching and teaching, I invite folks again uh, to reiterate what's already been said to, to make sure that you are sensitive to your mental, emotional and spiritual needs during our time. Amen. All right. So today we are going to be speaking from the title, Many Places, Many Places at Once. Uh, and our scripture reading is going to come from Ezekiel 34, um, 11 through 15. And if you'll go with me one more time to those scriptures, they read. For thus says the Lord God, I myself will search for my sheep and I will sort them out. As shepherds sort out their flocks when they are among scattered sheep, so I will sort out my sheep. I will rescue them from all the places to which they have been scattered on the day of clouds and darkness. I will bring them out from the people and gather them from the countries and bring them into their own land. And I will feed them on the mountains of Israel by the water courses and in all the inhabited parts of the land. I will feed them with good pasture and the mountain heights of Israel shall be their pasture. There they shall lie down in good grazing land and they shall feed on rich pasture on the mountains of Israel. I myself, I myself will be the shepherd of my sheep and I will make them lie down, says the Lord God. This is the word of the Lord, and we thank God for this word. I love reading through the prophets because it is in these texts where I see God doing something that I call divine multiplicity. And that is God occupying multiple spaces at once, not just the God that wants to be worshipped, but also a God that is committed to walking with God's people. And in the prophets, such as Ezekiel, Ezekiel is thought to be one of the former prophets running with folks like Isaiah and Jeremiah. And it is, in fact, believed that Ezekiel and Jeremiah are preaching around the same time, prophesying around the same time, right? So that lets us know that God is multiplying, is acting in multiple places at once. And they're prophesying in different places. Jeremiah is prophesying in Jerusalem, while Ezekiel is prophesying as an exile under Babylonian rule in Babylon. And so Ezekiel is interesting in the way that Ezekiel not only embodies prophecy and proclaims these promises to those who are in exile, right? Surrounded by circumstances of conquest and oppression. 
Ezekiel makes these prophecies, not just from this space of being in exile with Israelites who are also in exile, but Ezekiel makes these prophecies under a particular name. And that name is Ben-Adam, or son, you might have heard it called son of man, but actually that Adam word has more connotation to humanity than it does to a particular gender group. And so Ben-Adam, or son of humanity, is what Ezekiel says that God calls Ezekiel when God spoke to Ezekiel about prophecy. And it is this name where I see that God doesn't just give Ezekiel a title, but God identifies a process, a divine process, where the God of Israel wanted to walk literally with the people of Israel. In Ezekiel 2, 1 and 2, the, the scripture reads, and he said to me, this is Ezekiel talking about what God said to him, Son of man, Ben-Adam, stand upon your feet, and I will speak with you. And when he spoke to me, the Spirit entered into me and set me upon my feet, and I heard God speaking to me. This is Ezekiel talking about the process through which God took him in order to bring him into prophecy. This process of inhabiting Ezekiel's body before the process of prophecy. Now, oftentimes, the idea around prophecy is that these are just words, just promises. But this verse and Ezekiel's situatedness in exile point to something that I believe God wants us to understand about God's ability to be in multiple places, to be the God that we worship and the God that is with us at all times, even in our circumstance surrounding circumstance of overwhelming oppression. This is a practice that I believe is also highlighted later on in scripture and that I had most been uh, familiar with this term in connection to Jesus. Everybody gonna be black today, it's Juneteenth, amen? So Ezekiel speaks about the, 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 the process that God took him on in calling him been Adam or some man, but actually I had only ever heard this title when it had been in reference to Jesus. And Jesus referring to Jesus himself as son of man, which really is interesting when we think about God occupying multiple places, right? We understand Jesus to be fully human and fully divine, so God is already doing a, a multiplicity thing there, but also this title speaking to this process of God identifying the ways in which God is a God that is committed to not only being a God of people, but being a God with people. Amen? And so we hear this term multiple times, right? In the First Testament, we hear it over 90 times. In the New Testament, we hear it over 80 times, mostly in reference to Jesus. In fact, in the First Testament, in John 3.13, we hear Jesus make reference to Jesus himself, right? Saying, no one has gone up to heaven except the one who has come down from heaven, the Son of Man. And this man that Jesus is, Jesus is using in this scripture actually has divine connotation, right? Not just a human, but a human in connection with God, right? Correlating to their lineage from God. This is, again, a process that we see in Ezekiel, 
right? We know Jesus to be one that chooses sacred proximity with the oppressed. And I believe that God does this work of situating God's self within the circumstance of those particularly who experience oppression because I, I think about what it would have meant to be someone in exile, particularly in connection to Juneteenth. As you hear these promises being read in this general order number three, when you look around, the circumstance still reads slaveocracy. We still on a plantation. This is still the South, and after this plantation is another plantation. Well, this is something that I believe those in exile could have related to, that we see God already doing this work of saying, even though everything around reads conquest, everything around reads oppression, I will stand in person with you inhabiting the body of this prophet, not just making promises, but being present with my people. So that when you look around, you don't just see oppression, but you see my spirit, you see my presence. And the reality is, is that these aren't just promises that'll come in future tense, but this is a present reality by way of your faith that you might see God present with you in this moment. This is something that I, I, I see God still doing this type of work, right? Being that shepherd to the sheep in exile, in, in, in exile as I said, it, it is a reality. As the descendants of those who were enslaved in this country, still feeling as if I am a foreigner in this land. And having to hold tight to this faith that God would be present with us that God would be with us even as we worship God, that, that we would have a tangible example in how God wants to invoke God's spirit through the efforts of people, God's people. This term, son of man, I hear as son of mine, literally my created being who I have sent to the people so that they can see my promises made manifest. And this happens for us in various occurrences even today. God's promises of access to resources coming through reparations legislation, that's still going on to this day, right? God's promises of access to rest being made manifest through efforts such as the NAP ministry, which I am a subscriber of, right? God's promises of home and belonging. And even today, as I said, I stand with you all physically, but emotionally, mentally, and spiritually, I am somewhere at a Juneteenth festival turning up. Because it is in those spaces, even as a vegan, when I smell barbecue, I still feel home. I still feel a place of familiarity. I still feel that that is a place where I belong. It is a sacred language that God creates so that even in the midst of circumstances that look like overwhelming oppression on a foreign land, I can still feel a sense of home. This is the God that we worship. Even as we think about this Pentecost season, God's ability to become tangible to the people is something that some of us have celebrated and have built a faith on. This is the God that we serve, the God that we believe will continue to make God's self manifest for us, making promises, present realities through the spirit of God. That is what we put our faith in.
now and forever. Amen. Ashe and happy Juneteenth. Thanks for listening to That's What She Said. This podcast is preached almost always by our lead evangelist, Reverend Dr. Katie Hayes. Galileo Church has five missional priorities. We do justice for LGBTQ plus people and those who love them. We do kindness to those in mental and emotional distress and celebrate neurodiversity. We do beauty for our God who is beautiful. We do real relationship, no bullshit, ever. And we do whatever it takes to share this good news with the world God still loves. To support the production of this podcast and the ongoing missional priorities of this church, go to GalileoChurch.org and click on Conspire With Us. You'll have options to use your Venmo or PayPal or use your credit card or bank account. Any amount helps. And if you're kind enough to share your contact information with us, we'll continually send you thanks. Peace.